When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. It's been a few weeks. Welcome back to the view from the ninny. And there's been international breaks, award shows, games, whatever it may be. We're back to talk about yesterday's Cardiff City game against Preston and a few other things that have been going on. Uh, joining me as always, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben Price, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Tom, how are you? Fantastic, thank you, mate. Fantastic, great to hear. Um, ben, there's only one place to start. Obviously, it's been a few weeks. I actually don't know how long since we've done a show, all this kind of stuff. We've had Wales games, but, you know, less said about some of them, the better. Um, and obviously, uh, we started yesterday with the, the game against Preston. Deepdale, not a nice place to go at any time because it's Deepdale. Um, but we came away with three points. Uh, let's start with the team selection, Ben. Um, international break obviously presented a time for Errol Bullet to make changes because Arsenal have probably been on the phone and said why aren't you playing Runnison uh, Runnison was in goals were you shocked by that? No I think unfortunately we spoke up in the last part I think unfortunately for Alnwick that one mistake he made opened the door enough for Runnison to have to come in it suddenly became when you've got two goalkeepers like that it is I think it is a case of one mistake and you're out which isn't a bad thing I suppose it's, I would say it's going to push them both to be at their best. But um, yeah, it wasn't a surprise. For me, it wasn't too much of a surprise to see Runnison come in. One mistake and he's out. Let's see what happens with Runnison after this game. Um, Tom, obviously it, it was a tight game decided in the last minutes. Um, you know, we'll talk about the drama at the end of the game. Um, but how encouraging was it for you that, you know, Preston were leading for the majority of the game, but the stats show that we dominated pretty much every facet of that game. Shots, possession, passes, chances, everything else. Um Obviously, if we'd lost that game, it wouldn't have counted for much. But it's encouraging, isn't it, that we're going to places like Preston, which hasn't been a happy hunting ground traditionally, and we're we're, we're playing the better football than the other team. Yeah, for sure. And I think it went from being... It's now encouraging, otherwise it would have been a bit worrying, I think, because we've done this in other games and not scored. Yeah. I think that that was becoming a thing. But like the outlook of this game is completely different because we've got the three points now. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's totally positive because... You know, it is a tough place to go. They're higher than us in the league, even after that result. They're a good football team who have shocked a few teams this year as well. So it's a massive, massive result. And it's a fantastic performance. And, you know, there's a lot of Preston fans on Twitter saying that, you know, we were a poor team and we didn't deserve it. We only won because it was 10 men. It's not true. We were the better team in the first half. We had the better chances. And I thought it was a 
a thoroughly, you know, well-deserved away result because I thought we were fantastic from start to finish, taking it to them and we, we got what we deserved at the end. Well, I mean, the stats show that we had 19 shots to their four. Um, one of their shots came from what looks like 45 yards out on the side touchline. I don't know if that counts as a shot, more like a cross-come shot. They had 200 passes. We had 456 passes. We had eight shots on target to their two. Um, so we've dominated every facet. Some of their fans are being weird. Um, some of them think that we were time-wasting from the 60th minute, um, which is bizarre, because why would we time-waste when we're losing a game? Uh, but Ben, the main talking point um, from that first half, well, there's two talking points. The first one, that we'll, we'll we'll go into more detail on um, is obviously the, the the decision not to send Jamalou Collins off. Um, that decision's been played out on Twitter over and over again. You know, you've got Preston fans insisting that it was a red card. I'm going to ask both of you this question, but I'm going to come to you first. Ben, should Collins have been sent off? I think if it was our way, we'd be fuming the player and gone because he moves his head forward. So but I think, think he should have been sent off. Yeah, probably. If it was Do anyone think, else but Chad Evans, I think it should be a red. So with Chad Evans, he should have headbutted him harder and I think yeah, probably just broke his nose. Do you not think, and I'll come to you, I'll ask you the same question Tom, but I'll, I'll stick with you first, Ben. Do you not think that Chad Evans moves his head towards Collins a little bit as well? I, I think there's an argument that I, I I've been thinking about this, and I think if you've got 12 referees on this, they'd all come out with a slightly different take on it. Um and you know, Chad Evans kind of brings Collins towards him, potentially moves his head towards him. Does he instigate the contact? Yeah, I think that's probably what saves it is that Evans gets in his face first. I think if Collins gets in his and drops the head there like that, I think it gets it's a clear cut red. I think that's probably where the grey area is that Chad um stuck his head stuck, like you said, brought his head and sort of pulled it head to head. But yeah, I think if it was the other way around, we would be um well, your your people can't see this, but our your screen name this week is Bobby Matthews a fucking legend. Um I think if it had gone the other way, um, it would have been Bobby Madley's a fucking something else. Well, I still think he is. Um, yeah. I think the guy's a fucking abject referee, and I can understand Preston fans' frustration. Um, Tom, I'll come to you. Obviously, we've had Ben's view. Do you think Collins could have been sent off? Yeah, definitely. I think what makes it look worse, though, I think I think Chad Evans throws himself to the ground as Jamalou Collins moves forward. I don't think there's any contact. It just It just looks bad. I'm not sure if there's any contact or anything, but like Ben said, I'd be absolutely livid if that had gone against us, you know, if, if it was one of our players who hit the deck. But it, it just shows how much of a joke those situations are. Like, people are just yeah. lucky to dive on the floor. I think that's what's probably worked in our favour, is the theatrics of it all. Because yeah. no headbutt makes you dive to the floor in that fashion, you know. And we, we've definitely got away with one there. Because it, it's just naive from Collins, really. Like, there's no need to put yourself in that situation. Don't move your head forward. You know, away from home as well. You've got the crowd there baying for blood. Just don't give the referee an excuse. Um, so I think, yeah, very, very lucky. But I thought it was a red, personally. He didn't even need to react to the situation the way he did, did he? It was, you know, Chen Evans has fouled him. Um, it's on the halfway line, away from anything really going on. And and Collins was almost looking for an excuse to kind of uh, react to him. Um Ben, obviously, we've had our run-ins with Bobby Bobby Madley this season, last season. I Googled, I, I looked on Twitter his name, Bobby Madley Cardiff. Obviously, he was the Gutas goal this year. There was a Callum Robertson goal last year where um, he got lambasted. Um, I have sympathy with Preston. Um, obviously, it's it, when you watch the video, it looks like Collins does headbutt him, but I think you know anyone in that situation should headbutt Shed Evans. Um, do you just think Bobby Madley should be removed from refereeing? 
Yeah, it's not even a case of he needs to play. He needs to go down to like. Well, if he goes down there, he'll fuck over Newport again. Yeah, he's just he's he's not competent enough. He's not. There's plenty of decent enough referees. Every game, like whether it's us or whatever team it is, there's always an issue with Madley. There's always something coming up, and fans are aggrieved. And when it happens that regularly, he's clearly not up to the level it needs to be. I don't understand why he's not sort of, at the very least, pulled into like and sort of given extra training, taken off games because it's weekly. It is weekly within his problems. Yeah. It's just, but again, it's the competency of the FA and their um, referees. There, there are big issues with the, F, with the the FA and refereeing in this league at the moment. Um, talking about competency, Tom, obviously uh, not long before that, there was a Carlin Grant incident. Um, he breaks into the box. Um <sighs> Preston player slides in. I don't know if 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 Grant puts his foot in front of him, initiates contact, or if that's just his natural stride because he's trying to get to the ball. But obviously, Preston fans are aggrieved about Collins, but should we be aggrieved about that penalty as well? Possibly. I don't think it's as kind of clear-cut as the other one. No. I think Preston have got more grievance than we have. But it's one of those classic seen-them-given, isn't it? I think like it, it, it would be soft, and you could argue a case either way. But I think... I'm not too aggrieved just because it turned out well towards the end, but I might have a different story if we'd gone down 1-0 in that game. But uh, and Ben, that sums it up quite nicely, doesn't it? I think the, the way the game played out, obviously the narratives pull through, right? When you think about that penalty, if we hadn't if we hadn't got that penalty and we'd lost the game, we probably would be spitting feathers right now like the Preston fans are because Collins didn't get sent off. But the moments in that game where the game turns on its head, were the Collins moment, were potentially the Carlin Grant penalty. And obviously, in the in in the Collins moment, Robbie Brady steps in and gets his yellow card, which turned out to be um, uh, quite important in the second half. Um, what was the point of Robbie Brady trying to get involved there? I think just what's the point of Robbie Brady at times is the bigger question. Um, I don't understand. It's just, he's trying to get... He, he was he's trying to get a reaction, he, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's gone in and trying to get him sent off and got himself into shit. It's a ridiculous thing to do from a player that's, well, see, he's got to be 30 now? Got to be 31. 31. 32 in the new year. So, like, it's a senior player. He's got to know better and somehow managed to get himself booked in a situation that, like, he was on the other side of the pitch from the instant where it happened as well. That's what makes it even worse. He's run the width of the pitch to get himself booked and then just ended up getting a, like, it's one of the stupidest red cards I've seen. It's up there with Tomlin's from, uh, yeah. Doncaster uh, last year. Just an idiot. I, think all, I saw some Preston fans on Twitter saying that Robbie Brady didn't deserve to get booked or, he did, you know, whatever. But if you've run that far and you've tried to rile a reaction for someone like um, in that situation, you deserve to get booked. He also took the booking. He was just like, yeah, fair enough, actually. I was probably due a book in there. So um, he took it in good steed. Obviously, it all played out later on. Um, Tom, let's talk about their goal. Um, I mean, it's just a poor goal all round to concede. If you haven't seen it, obviously, it's a... Pretty poor pass from Grant back to McGuinness. McGuinness doesn't really know what to do, just boots it against the player. Runnison's sort of 30, 40 yards out from goal and is 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 um, running to get back. Even the Preston player's second touch was fucking woeful and hit it about 20 yards too far forward. If Runnison had been on his on his um, front foot, he might have got out there. Um, for me, it hinges around Runnison's position when he gets back in goal. I think he completely loses his bearings. He ends up so far out that he's basically presented the goal to them. Um, what was your take on it? Is it a poor goal to concede or... Um, have we just been done by brilliant Preston play? No, it's just, it's, an awful, it's an awful goal to concede, obviously. But I think Runnison, he's a bit unfortunate because he's 
he's not expecting to be running back at that speed, trying to get himself know, course, in position. And and like he's but but like his positioning when he gets back, he's got the whole goal to aim at. He even curls the ball towards the keeper, and that's how much room he has to put it in that far corner. Like it, but like I just. It's just bad that we're in that situation in the first place. You know, we shouldn't be giving the ball away. We shouldn't be putting runners in in that position, especially when you come back into the team as well. So it's a tad unfortunate. But you think like a keeper who's been at Arsenal international standard, you should know where the two sticks are and put yourself in the middle of it, not to the side of it. It's pretty basic stuff. Like I do have a little bit of sympathy for him, but it's it's poor all round play from the whole the back line and him. He just probably lost his bearings, didn't he? I think he looks down yeah. as the, he's lining up the shots, realised, ah, oh, this is not where the six-yard box is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that just leaves it so wide open. It's just easy. It's, um, yeah, that's a goalkeeper that's not played a lot of football for a while. No, it isn't. Um, ben, let's go back to the Brady Red. Um, obviously, we've we've talked about the, the game hinging on a decision where no one was sent off, but for Preston, it probably hinges on Brady getting sent off. Um Obviously, Maytay's on the break, made a great run, took on a couple of players, got into space. And I mean, it's such a cynical foul for Brady, isn't it? He knows he's not getting the ball. The ball's gone. He knows all he can do is take out Maytay. And he almost tried to argue that he shouldn't be sent off for it. But it's a clear-cut second yellow that you'll ever see, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those ones that you that you see players, the Peter Whitcomb special, taking one for the team, breaking up the play with a cynical foul. Um, yeah, but to do it on a yellow card is ridiculous I don't know if he just had brain fart and forgot that he was booked or what but it's just such a weird one to slide in when you know you're up against it's not like it was a desperate one-on-one it's like a clear goal to no. an opportunity like there's other players around him that could have taken the yellow card for him he just thought he'd be the hero there and yeah probably bit him on the ass but it is weird that he protested that a lot more than he protested the original yellow card maybe he's just thick as shit then he is. He clearly is. He's clearly not that bright of a lad, is he? No. Um, Tom, let's talk about the added time. Obviously, you know, nine minutes of added time. You think there's an opportunity to score one goal. We managed to score two. But let's talk about the awarding of the nine minutes. Um, there's obviously been some time wasted going on. Can Preston have a case for saying that they didn't deserve the nine minutes? Clearly, they were time wasting. I think that um, Freddie Woodman got booked for time wasting. Um, they can't have any complaints, really, can they? No, you can complain about the overall situation of the amount of time they're adding on in these games, but like, but with the current you know rules, the way they're trend, doing it, isn't it, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're looking across the other games that are on that day, it was happening everywhere. You know, it's just it's just common now, but it does still look ridiculous when you get ninety plus ten on the on the scoreboard. But they they can't complain too much when you're time wasting like that. It's going to come back and bite you. It kind of and. It, it does negate the whole thing about time wasting. Now, the only the only good thing about time wasting is it stops the tempo. But you know full well now, any time wasting is going to be added on at the end, and you're going to be even more tired. And when it's up to ten minutes, it, it, it's only going to come back and bite you. So they've only got themselves to blame in that situation. Yeah, and um, of course, everyone knows Freddie Woodman is a cunt. Um, he obviously um, has had a good time. I think he played for our friends down down west, didn't he, Ben? He did. I don't think he had a good time when he was down there, though. I don't think he was a very good oh, Ah, it's a shame to hear. God, I feel really sorry for him. Um, let's talk about the last nine minutes, Ben. Um, let's talk about the first goal. Obviously, Carl and Grant. Um, I've watched it a dozen times. Still can't work out quite what happened. Uh, obviously, it looks like a bit of luck. Is that your take on it? Defender volley, well, volleys it against him and it goes in? Yeah, but we've said for ages that Grant just needs one to come off his ass or something. 
that pretty much did. So hopefully now it, um the only the bugger is that he's um he's uh, ineligible for Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it, it'd be nice for him to get a little run on that confidence now. Hopefully it sort of brings him in. But um yeah, it's that bit of luck he's been dashed before because he snatched at everything recently. So for it just to th- blast off his thigh and go in, he won't care how he did it, but it, it counted. It was a big goal. Um both of you, but I'll come to you first, Ben. At that point, did you think we were going to go on to win it? No, I was too busy dancing, seeing we'd equalised, to be honest. <laughs> I, I had no recollection of, like, thought of a <laughs> Barcelona-esque, Camp Nou, Manchester United-esque comeback. Tom, did you think we were going to go on to win it? Yeah, weirdly. So, I, I'm back in Camarden this weekend, so I was watching it old school watching it, the scores coming in on Sky Sports News, which I feel like I haven't done in years. And when we scored the first one, Sarah tried to leave the room and I went, you do not move. You are some <laughs> sort of lucky charm. Stay. And I think we'll score another. And it happened. So I think I'm just going to have to watch Sky Sports News every week now and watch the scores coming in. But that is the most bonkers I've gone on a vidi printer in my life. When I saw that second goal go in, I went absolutely apeshit because it's absolutely huge. And you know in those games, when you're playing 10 men, you score the first one, it feels like a second one's come in. Like, it's because they just go ultra-defensive. We'll throw everyone yeah. forward. There's no way they're going to score against us. And it just feels like, I don't know, we deserve that. It feels like we never get those results go for us. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing about it, I must admit. I, watched, um, I was the same with you watching it on Sky Sports, but I was watching it at the clubhouse for Raj. And obviously celebrated a Cardiff goal in Newport. Didn't go well. Not a piece of bread and butter thrown in my head. <laughs> yeah, which did it land bread side, uh, butter side down? It missed me. I didn't really see where it landed. I was just too busy enjoying the moment. Um, we'll talk about the second goal, but I wanted to shout out um, Ben, uh, Ruben Colwell in the build-up for both goals, really. Um, obviously, for the first goal, uh, it's not the best cross, but he manages to flick it back um, to Carlin Grant for the second goal. He was very quick, took the short corner. Short corners I hate normally, but it seemed to work for the second goal. Um, it's nice to see him, him showing in those small moments just how how good his football brain is, isn't it? Yeah, he he's a very intelligent player. Like I said, I think the biggest issue with him is, and I think I think it might be a thing throughout his career, is it's def- his defensive work rate's always going to be lacking because that's not where you get the best out of him. But yeah, going forward, those little bits, those intelligence, like we've said for a while, that the link up with Tanner and stuff like that, they only sort of happen with players that are really switched on and know how to play football, like naturally gifted. And yeah, like you said, those little touches make the huge difference and that sort of brought the game and got us the three points. Uh, Tom, onto Ugbo's winner. Um, 99th minute. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a goal scored in the 99th minute unless it was in extra time. Um, kind of don't go to extra time very often. Um, you talked about how it's nice to get the draw or the, the equalising goal because that doesn't normally happen for us. Well, what about scoring a 99th minute winner? How often does that happen for us? Yeah, never. But like, what a goal it was. Like, is the movement and then to find himself in that much space and it's a great header. Like, the more I watch it, the more impressed I am with it. It's just a solid contact. He puts exactly where he means to put it. It's a fantastic ball in as well. But to have the composure to put that header in in that, in that stage of the game, you know, we've got to give him credit. I think like, we've been a a bit down on Ugbo at times and almost like he'd accidentally got to four goals earlier in the season but he He's does put chances away now. yeah exactly he, he does put chances away in those situations and yeah it's a it's such a good header 
and that that away end as well. It is oh, chaos. People were running down from the back. Going underneath the tarpaulin to try and run towards <laughs> the home fans. Love that commitment. There's like three of them who've done it as well. Like it's because they've got space to work with because it's like a fairly big stand. They don't know what to do. They're just running about. And I've watched so many different fan videos, like just to see different angles of it. I love I love those scenes. And you know, traveling up to Preston as well. They deserve to celebrate like that. It's absolutely fantastic. But it's it's a massive win for us. Um Ben, you know, Tom touched on it there, but obviously Ugbo's coming for some criticism, not condensed to our podcast. Obviously, a few people are uh, disappointed with his returns in recent months. I think it was his first goal for three months, basically. Um, people obviously had criticism for Ryan Wintle um, over the last few weeks as well. He's not been at his best. He was playing in the 10 out position and people were critical of him. How nice is it to see two players who have faced that criticism combining for what could be a, a crucial winner as the season plays out? It's huge and it shows like the spirit within the camp for the boys because I think there's a lot of players at Cardiff over the last few years that sort of faced a fair bit of pressure like that and either gone missing or like regressed backwards. I think like Will Vox is one that sort of stands out in Marlon Pack, players that never really were popular and when they played badly were really picked out with the fans and sort of and no like players even if they're not on social media will see the stuff like well, look at Callum Robinson straight away. First thing he's doing, seemingly after every game, is vanity searching his own name. Yeah. Whether or not they've got accounts or not, they're searching this stuff and they read it. So for them to come back and sort of respond in that way, it's huge for them both. It shows real strong character from for each of the boys. Yeah, it does. And it meant Chad Evans was really unhappy, which everyone can celebrate. Um, so well done, Errol Bullet. Uh, he knew what needed to be done and he did it. Uh, it puts us, I think, well, after all the games played out yesterday, we're back down in seventh. But for a brief period in the afternoon, we were in, in the playoffs uh, looking at the table. Currently outside the playoffs by a point, um, obviously with big game coming up on Tuesday against West Brom. So we'll get to that. Um, but first, it would be nice to look back over what happened in the international break. Tom, obviously you were on your international adventures. How was Yerevan? Give us a one word review. Mixed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't sound great from all the reports and um, that the police's overzealousness. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, when you know, it was a day with a group of twelve blokes, and eight of them end up in a in an Armenian prison. Um, I escaped because I'd gone for a kebab. So there's a life lesson there. Always go for Always the kebab. For kebab. Are we just are we just telling half the story there, Tom, or do you want to fill in the rest as well? Or why? Why, why, the you, have go, for why kebab? you have to go for that kebab? Because I could hardly walk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, yeah, it was, a, it was a beautiful place, but with some questionable policing and taxi drivers. It was, uh, I won't be rushing back to Armenia, let's put it that way, and the football wasn't much better. But the highlight was definitely coming home. Um, well, talking about dubious and, and questionable characters, let's talk about Jack Simpson. Um, obviously, um, more details to come out over the, the um, uh, racist incident and that he was uh, has been suspended for, um, that he was released by the club over. Um, I mean, Ben, it sounds like an absolutely terrible situation for a professional footballer to find themselves in, in the sense that he shouldn't be out drinking until 4.30 in the morning, up for breakfast at 6am, still clearly pissed. But that doesn't excuse what he did. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to re- repeat the slur. Um, if, you, if you Google his name, you can find it. Um, how abhorrent is Jack Simpson as a human being? It's not a good look, is it? I mean, like, I've been on, when I used to drink, I've been out and 
got up early and still still You've never been racist, bit. have you, Ben? But yeah, yeah, the racist stuff doesn't happen that often. That's uh an underlying character trait. And yeah, fair play to uh, what the one sort of good I don't want to say good thing that came out of this whole situation is like the character of the younger lads. I think yeah. it's Kieran Evans and Ruben Colwell called it out. Yeah. And that's really important and that's really impressive for players to do that because what Simpson 28, 29. Um, well, he would, you know, in, in in the dressing room last season, he would have been a, a senior pro, wouldn't he? Which exactly. Carry in, within football, it's it's not excusing it, but within football, it carries a, a certain weight. And for a, for youth, sort of younger players, less senior players, in that squad to go there and go, hang on, that's not right. That's awesome to see. Like fair play to him and the club responding the right way and getting the process done and the correct thing happened. I think the only other bit is, I think, was it six game ban? It's not enough, is it, when you've got players being no. banned for almost a year for betting and things like that? Like, medically, like, proven that they've got gambling issues and the psychological issues going on with that, they're getting hit with six-month bans. But a bloke that got pissed up and said, like, a gross racist slur to a teammate who's done nothing wrong to him, yeah. and by all accounts, they got on quite well. Um, for him to get six games is shows exactly what's wrong with sort of, like, the process when it comes to races, reporting racism. Within football, um, Tom. Obviously, we've, you know, we've we talked about the club um, in in so many different ways on this podcast. But it sounds like they they handled the situation in a in a in a pretty good way, right? You know, I think the 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 way it came about. Obviously, Colwell and Evans called it out at the time. Um, the the uh, Luther um, was involved in a. I think there was a um, a presentation from an outside party that ex- explained kind of discrimination within football and what you should do if it happens. And he called it out then. And it sounds like the club didn't fuck around and they acted upon it pretty quickly. And, you know, I know Simpson has played the season, but it sounds like it, it all happened sort of in the process after that. And they got rid of him as soon as they could, didn't they? Yeah, and it's the right thing to do. I think we can only, like, give the club plaudits on this because you won Carters of that out of the club immediately. Um, I think in previous years, we might have dilly-dallied a little bit on something like this, but there was no mess in cut ties, move on, uh, and call it out as well. You know, yeah. didn't try and brush under the carpet. You know, we we could have easily released Jack Simpson and not said why, and nobody would have cared. Nobody would have kind of dug into it. They'd be like, yeah, he's useless, fine. But the fact that they called it out, um, you know, sets a precedent now. And, it, you know, it sends a message that, you know, it's not tolerated in our club and that's how it should be. Yeah, I think it's I think absolutely right. Um, you know, I think Jack Simpson became a bit of a figure of fun on this podcast, but I shall be burning um, that match one shirt uh, at the first opportunity because I think he's just a fucking arsehole, clearly. Um, and it's, it's, you know, you wonder, you wonder if this could be a turning point for players like that. Like, there's always a kind of redeeming feature within football. People always like a redemption arc, but for someone like him, he should not be allowed back into the professional game. Really, um, you know, if he's if that's the way he's going to act. Um, to a teammate, then what's he going to do to people, other people on the pitch, and all that kind of stuff? Um, so I hope he, hope we never see the like of him again uh, on the football field. Um, Tom, talking about sort of lighter issues. Obviously, there's been um, a lot of talk around Errol Bullet and his transfers. Obviously, the January transfer window is a month and ten days away, should we say? Maybe a month and a week away. I'm not quite sure on uh, time at the moment. Um, the big three players or big two players that are being mentioned, obviously Kiefer Moore, um, you know, Robert Page has touched upon the fact he's telling players that they need to be out playing if they want to be succeeding for Wales. There's the Greek fella, Bakasitas, I think his name is. I think he's at Trabs Bonspor. Um, and there's also rumours around another one. Moore almost feels like it's nailed on. Uh, you know, there's a few Twitter questions about him. Would you be happy if Kiefer Moore came back? Yeah, of course. 
Like it, it, well, in a game like Preston, he's got nice hair. Yeah, mainly that reason, and the fact he scores goals. And like we kind of got away with it against Preston, but it, that's the type of game I'd be crying out for a player like more, someone in the box just to you know hassle, get in the way, and put put a couple of chances away. Um, I think it's been I think Bullet's been very clever in the way that he's played this. You know, you've got Page saying that he needs his players playing regular minutes, and then he's there on TV saying, "Well, there's no doubt he wouldn't be on the bench for us if we had him here." It's saying the right things. Kiefer Moore's going to see that, and you know, he's played in the club before. He knows the fans want him here. You know, he knows the area, and he, he knows it's a manager who's going to put them in a starting eleven, something he's not done for a long, long time. So it's just, it seems like the then it seems nailed on, and that's what worries me. Because we can only be disappointed. Because if he signs, it's like, oh yeah, we saw this come in. If he doesn't, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be carnage. I think, but it'd be a fantastic signing. And if we stay in the position we're in in the league now, it could be a real push for us to be in that playoff picture come the end of the season. Um, ben, obviously, the other player that, that that's been mentioned quite a lot is um, I, I, I'll have to ask Dora if I'm butchering this, uh, but it's Bakasitas. Think is, is his name. Obviously, he's he's the Greek captain. Uh, played with Siopis, um in in Turkey. He's played with Bullet before. There's some um, you know wrangling over his contract, and there's talk that we can't meet his wages. There's other talk that that's actually Bullet being quite coy and just trying to negotiate. Um, he sounds like a player who shouldn't be playing for Cardiff City, doesn't he? Yeah, I think if that comes off, the bloke deserves the key to, like, Dorothy's, like, he's, yeah, he's, like, <laughs> he gets as many free games as Paul as he wants at the Queen's Vaults. I think if he <laughs> just... What it is, Errol, is that's on free for you for the next hour. Have a go. Fill your boots, man. Come on. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't play doubles. That's taking the piss. <laughs> uh, are we still need a deposit for the balls, though, Errol. <laughs> But, but yeah, I think if he pulls that off, fuck me. If that midfield then is you've got the Wales captain, the Greek captain, regular international midfield with Siopis, Joe Rawls is another player in that midfield then, Ryan Winter, it's Ruben Colwell. It's Ruben Colwell, um Callum Robinson. Suddenly it's um a vet, all followed up with Wales starting striker and Kiefer Moore. It's um I'm getting excited. Boys. Champions boys. Um <laughs> And obviously, the other the other player that's been mentioned is an unnamed Turkish player um, who, as far as I can see, Tom, a restaurant owner in Cardiff revealed that um, Bullet had been in for a meal and had talked about the fact that we were signing a Turkish international. Uh, that's exciting, isn't it? Restaurant owners revealing our signings. I love it. It's a different approach, isn't it? We don't need, like, Fabrizio Romano, whatever his name is, when we've got Turkish restaurant people. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But... Perhaps it's just another clever, clever, you know, bullet tactic. He knows yeah. he, this bloke's got a mouth on him. You know, <laughs> put the feelers out there. <laughs> He's going to put it all over social media. But it's just, it's just building hype, right? And even having these names mentioned that they could possibly be coming in may attract a different caliber of player who wouldn't look at us before. They look at it, I think this is an exciting project. And you know. He's done wonders with the squad with just loan signings. So I'd love to see what he's like when he's got an actual checkbook in his hand. He can sign people as well, like for a bit of money. Because it is exciting. It's hard not to get carried away. When you get like international captains linked to you, you can't help but get excited. Because, you know, it's been dire here for a couple of seasons now. So just having this happening is fantastic. Yeah, um... Ben, you know, whiplash change of subject here, but let's talk about other exciting things. The awards we went to... Um... 
it was a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, thank you to everyone who voted uh, in the Football Content Awards for us. It was great to see a friend of the pod, Brittany Lang, there. It was great to see um, her game too, pick up a couple of awards, well-deserved. Um, obviously, we had a lot of votes. Um, it wasn't to be on the night. We, we didn't win the award. So the question for you, Ben, is how bitter are you that um, the Peterborough chairman won our category? I'm still not over it. Like, genuinely pissed off. <laughs> we're both there it's going just, looking, looking at the winners coming out and we're going oh they make sense fair fair and we both look at each other and go well it's the Wednesday podcast Wednesday till I die have clearly won this and can't argue with that it's a good podcast and then it turns out the way to win that award is uh, be a chairman of a football club <laughs> um, difficult one that what I will say though Ben is it's great to see the underdog finally get their day um, Peterborough chairman, um, you know, he, he's never had a platform like this before, has he? Um, no. He's never on the radio. Um, he's never listened to all this kind of stuff. Great to see him get um, a, a win. Um, I asked my friend, I don't, I, funnily enough, I don't listen to the Peterborough chairman's podcast. Um, and apparently my friend said about the podcast that um, he talks about him and his wife's sex life an awful lot for a football podcast. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I'm not, I'm not going to lie lads I want the award but I don't want it that much uh, so Can I ask Fee what Fee <laughs> 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 I, I you know I don't I don't want to be bitter about these sort of things but I just don't think the Peterborough chairman should be in the same category as a bunch of fan run podcasts frankly um, if if I'm being completely honest but that's not my decision to make is it we had a nice time, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, it was wicked. It was a really, really fun night. Like up, up to Liverpool, um, and hotel room that sort of bedroom looked like a prison cell. The bathroom looked lovely. Couldn't work that one out, but it was really nice. It was just really good fun. Met some uh, guys at the non-league treatment room. They really good podcast. Their, yeah, they picked up bronze and air award in their category, um, and they're well worth the listen. I sort of got to know them there binge listen to that podcast so yeah if you get a chance uh have a listen to the non-league treatment room as well it's a uh, it's like it's under the cosh but john without john parkin making every story about himself i think it's the best way to describe it <laughs> well i've seen john john parkin's well if he wants to do that um yeah anfield's great it's quite nice to go there for hospitality um what else would i say about it um no Basically dessert just the pie and mash is taking the piss yeah no dessert um, which is a bit of a shitter. Um, I went home and ate crisps. <laughs> I went back to the travel lodge and ate Cheetos. Um, if, if you know, everyone likes a Cheeto. Um, right, let's talk about Twitter and the tweets that we've had from people on Twitter. Um, Gareth Dunning, uh, Tom, I'll come to you first. Do you think Bullet trusts Panzer or Romeo? It doesn't look like, never brings them on even when we've been comfortable. Granted, only Huddersfield, we've been out of sight. They'll be needed now, injury suspensions to kick in. That back force, Siopis and Riles has put us where we are. Um, obviously, Romeo, he got sent off earlier in the season, maybe not, but he brought Panzer on on Saturday and by all accounts, Panzer did well. So do you think he doesn't trust Romeo? Do you think he trust, doesn't trust either of them? I don't say lack of trust. It's just that we've had a backline that's been performing well, so there's no need to really change it. I think. Yeah. I think we'll see a bit more pans over the coming weeks because I think we're starting to get a few niggles. You know, um, Romeo's played and not done himself any favors. I don't think that's a lack of trust. He just hasn't been up to the standard. But Panzo's an interesting one because you know we were pretty chuffed when we signed him. You know, because he didn't go to the Jacks. He's come here, mm-hmm. not really played, um, but I got a feeling he'll have a, a bit more of a part to play over the next coming months, you know, when we have to rotate a little bit more, busy Christmas period and all that. So 
yeah, I don't think it's a lack of trust. It's just the fact that we've been play, playing well is only to change it all up. I think he'll. He, I mean, with West Brom this week, obviously there's question marks of, of Collins. I think is suspended because it was his fifth yellow card. You've got people like McGuinness, who's um, I think he was brought off. Doesn't you know question marks over his fitness, all that kind of stuff. I think there's a chance for him to play. Uh, Jack Fuller, CCFC says I heard your advert on the radio last week. Uh, if, has, if you are listening to Capital Radio, you would have heard, potentially heard our advert throughout uh, November. Ben uh, Alan March, uh, he asks if we do sign Kiefer Moore in a transfer window, how do we set him? How do we set up with him up front? I think we stick to what we're doing. I think he just fits this style. I think genuinely not just saying this because he's a Wales player, but I think when you're looking for a striker that suits the way we play, I can't think of many better than Kiefer Moore for sort of what we're trying to do. So he just slots straight in as that number nine, doesn't he, for me? Yeah, I think so as well. Um, got a couple of questions about Tuesday's uh, starting lineup. So James C. Roberts, such a great win. Felt frustrated after Norwich, especially with how tough the next couple are, but it's something such... But this is such a momentum building win. Do you think Robert goes to the left and Ruben comes in with Grant being able to play or deploy Tanner out on the left? Uh, Alex Wysom says, I thought Panzo looked far more capable than he has shown previously, so we'll be comfortable with him at left back on Tuesday. Who comes in for Grant? Bowler on the left with Tanner on the right. Um, Tom, it's obviously a big game on Tuesday with West Brom coming up. We'll talk more in detail about um, uh, the game um, towards the end of the pod. Do you, do you think Tanner gets the nod? No, I don't think so. Not in a game like West Brom. I think with the form that they're in, the quality they've got on that side, I don't think it's a game for Tanner. I think you bring him on if you're trying to unlock something later in the game. I think you need someone who's a bit more steady, you know, does a little bit more work defensively. And I think that's why Colwell may not, um, won't feature from the start either. I think it's crying out for us to be just solid, you know, just keep ourselves in that game. Um, it'd be really interesting to see how much we go at it. Because you know they're a quality team, but we are at home. But yeah, I can't see either Colwell or, or Tana starting. So you're putting Robbo at left, Tom? Yeah, I think so. Who starts in the middle then? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> ben, do you want to step in here? I'm trying to work out what Tom's ta- formation is. No. That sounds like Does Wintle back <laughs> into the tent? Oh, yeah, Win- Wintle back in the tent, according to Tom. Um, yeah. I keep Robbo in the ten. Um, I'm really against. I w- you either put Mite out wide and bring in Ugbo, which I think could be an option, or yeah, yeah, start Tanner and just let him go at it for a bit, and change it if it's not working. Um, Such this is why these podcasts exist, man. Different opinions. That's what we're here for. None of our opinions are wrong, guys. <laughs> but they're just different. Yeah. Um, I would probably start. I think. I think I can see Bullet starting um, Mate potentially in in place if he doesn't trust Tanner or Colwell. Um, and then, you know, give it to half time and then bring Colwell or, or, or probably Tanner on at half time um, when we need to, to go at them, basically. Um, George Bundy Jones, wins like that are just what we need in this stage of the season. Confidence going into the December Christmas period. Uh, Blue Army, my only Cardiff. Um, I'll ask you this one, Ben. Who starts in goal on Tuesday? Um, according to Tom, Ryan Wintle. <laughs> well, no, I just lost track of what I was well, saying. No. I could work on the eleven. Well, no. That's English for stop a horse. Um, I think he might still stick with Runnison, but if it's me, I'm bringing Almuk back in. Just, I just yeah. feel a lot more comfortable with him there. He, it was one slight mistake, or possibly two, to be fair. Actually, thinking back, but yeah, he seems just. I think everyone just seems a lot more comfortable with him between the sticks, especially if McGuinness is playing is is out as well. I think you want someone who's played a lot more. So, yeah, for me, I'd play Armwick, but 
so it looks like Alex is going to get a runner son of games. Ha <laughs> uh, Chris Peplo, earlier in the season, we were losing goals at injury time. That would have been played um, injury time. Um, it's great to finally take advantage ourselves. However, not praising Madley at all as he missed the penalty first half. Tuesday will be tough with no KG, JC or MG. Onwards we go. Uh, so no cars on no Jesus Christ on Tuesday. Um, Stephen Williams, what happens on Tuesday? Keeper scores the winner. Oliver Reese says, still recovering from that second goal yesterday. Thought we controlled the game good despite going one down. Need more attacking threats in January we'll be, and will be plucky eighth bound. Uh, Jacob Price says he needs to stop playing Renison. And Matt, uh, MJCCFC, says makes a huge difference given what games we have next. A loss yesterday and two defeats on the spin could easily get us in a rut with hard games coming up. That could have had a slip down the table, but now momentum is back with us. And Tom, that momentum, we're taking it into Tuesday with the home game against West Bromwich Albion. Um, I think they're either one or two. They're two spaces ahead of us on two points ahead of us. Obviously, they are in some fantastic form at the moment. Um Silly question to ask you, Tom, isn't it? Because you just completely fluffed that one. Um, with Grant, Collins, McGuinness potentially out, um, you know, Renison, Almick, the question now, I was going to say, what's your team? Um, but you don't really know what our team is anyway. All right, this is, feels a bit harsh now, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I'd keep Renison in, I think. I, I think Almick, he's had a couple of shaky moments over the last few games. I think, I think you've got to give Renison a little bit of a like a run like now like that that I don't think the goal is entirely his fault it's a bit of a freak situation but it is it is a hard one to call because I think with the rest of the team because West Brom are a fantastic side and part of me is like I take a draw but at the same time we're at home these are the games that we kind of need to be winning if we want to be in and around that playoff picture so I am kind of teetering on the edge of do we go attacking or do we just try and stay in there and then get out them towards the end of the game but I think I'd err on the side of caution at the moment and, and just make sure we're solid and don't go too, too attacking early doors. Ben, what's your team? I think what I said, I think Matey um, out wide and then either Rotete or Ugbo up top. And then left, I think left back's the worry, isn't it? I think if McGuinness is fit, I'd like it's to see Panda. Yeah, I think Panda needs to go out there. Or do they look at putting Rals here where he's done it? Earlier this season as well, rolls at left back. He's done all right, but there's a bit of pace in that West Brom side, which I think of all the games to lose Collins for, this could be quite a tough one. Um, and then keeper wise, like I've said, I, I personally, I'd go with Almack. Would you, um, and I'm going to throw some left field situations in here, Tom. Would you play Abu Adams at centre half? He was doing it, I think, on the international break. Um, obviously, he, I think he played a little bit up there earlier on. If if, if you're putting Pans at left back and McGuinness can't play, do you put do you put um, Abu Adams in? I don't think not other game of this. I'm not a team like West Brom. I don't think so. I think you want to be playing as many people in the positions they're used to playing, and it's not one to kind of start moving people around I think it'd be a different story if we're playing like Rotherham at home but in a game like this I think you want to be playing defenders in defensive positions so like yeah make sure Panzer's on the field instead of putting like Rawls back there and things like that so I'd avoid putting Adams back there personally You Okay um, Ben Adams at centre-half does that does that fill you with any kind of excitement? It fills me with a bit of dread but it's oh, yeah. in the League Cup but it's, it's better than playing Ryan Wynn and goal like Tom wanted so well done. Ben. Yeah, sure, actually. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <Like some idea. laughs> or here's another one, lads. Um, obviously, if if McGuinness is out, 
Panzo left back, NG to centre half, Romeo in at right back. Didn't think about that, did you? I've been thinking about that. Ah, uh, see, that's in my head. I'm not comfortable with Romeo on the pitch at the moment. Like last year, he was one yeah. of my favourite players for us, but he's been so out of sorts this year. He's looked like a liability a lot. Um, yeah. I think we need some defenders in January, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Okay, Von Dijk Bullet. Well, Bullet said that in his press conference. He said he thinks he needs a player in every position, basically, um, as in defensive midfield and attack. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we need, if he doesn't trust Romeo, then we probably need a backup right back as well. We probably need another centre half. Um, I, th- I think we need a cover at left back since the start of the season. Um, yeah. It's it was a bit of a gamble, and it's we're, we're lucky we've it's paid off that JC's been as good as he has. Yeah, because he's come back from an ACL injury and barely skipped a beat. He's not quite as blistering fast he was last year, but it's marginal. Um, we've been very lucky there. So I guess get... I, I guess Bullet would argue that Panzer was the cover for left back and centre half, right? Yeah, um, a bit like the uh, Bakuna when he was here with us, and he could play central midfield and right back. Um, you gamble on him being able to cover a couple of positions and you're right we haven't really needed him up until now so hopefully this is the time that Panzo comes into his own and actually could potentially offer enough competition that Collins isn't needed every week um, or, or McGuinness ha- you know if McGuinness is out for a little while then we know that um, he's it's not going to worry us um, Tom let's talk about West Brom obviously um, under Carlos Corberan they're on a really good run of form um, the QPR 2-0 beat Coventry 2-0 beat Hull 3-1 they've only lost to Southampton in the last five and obviously crucially yesterday they beat Ipswich 2-0 when you look at their team um, there's some really big names in there still isn't there they've still got people like Matt Phillips they've still got people like Jed Wallace they've got um, Alfie Mowat um, they've got John Swift playing for them um, but they've also got some familiar names for us like uh, Cedric Kipre. Um, how much do you hope that Cedric Kipe is keeping a mistake for us on Tuesday? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I I think you'll get a warm reception as well. So I'm hoping that he's just kind of lulled into, like, I don't know, just not being quite sharp enough. You know, he's yeah. just taking in the nice surroundings, the nice little clap that we'll give him, and then, and then produces a clangor within three minutes. But, yeah, when you go through that squad, you, you look at the team that played Ipswich, on the weekend, it's really there's some just cha- it's a there's some championship stalwarts in there, isn't it? Like when you've got the likes of Jed Wallace and stuff, like yeah, did did people score goals as well across the pitch? And I think they've hit a, they've got a good coach and they've got a good squad and they're in they're in a really good run of form. So I think that's why I mentioned earlier on. I probably would take a draw now, even though it's, it seems quite negative. But it's just a very very good team and we're catching them during the purple patch. So I think you know. Avoided defeat in this one wouldn't be the end of the world. God, I didn't realise they had Josh Marger on the on the bench. I he's not done ever. a lot of he, since he's been there. No, they've been, he's been, no. They've been a bit disappointed with him. But like Tom said, I think you look at it like the team they've got. If, if you put that together on on Football Manager, you'd be you'd be hoping to finish top three, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, top two probably, Ben, just to get promoted. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't want to finish third. <laughs> uh, everyone knows that the third team plays don't do well in the playoffs as well. Um, ben, before we move on to the predictions, obviously we're kind of still surprising ourselves a little bit with the fact that we're on the cusp of the playoffs this early in the season. West Brom, you know, with their manager, with the money they've invested, with the players they've got, they're probably thinking, they're probably looking further up the table and thinking we should be knocking on the door of second and first. Obviously, probably the winning in tips, which probably um, feeds into that as well. Um, you know, 
is this a marker for us this season? If we win this game, it is is winning on Tuesday the chance to really get excited about this team? If we win on Tuesday, the playoff suddenly becomes, becomes a lot more realistic to me. I'm still mm-hmm. in that mindset of, oh, it's just nice to be in and around there. It's, not, it's nice not to be down the bottom. I'm still very much in that mindset at the moment. Completely. Yeah, I think a win on Tuesday, given, like we said, with the issues with the squad and stuff like that, um, yeah, I'll be my expectations might suddenly be going, oh, perhaps we should be looking at his top six, top six as a realistic finish now. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Like, 85 minutes into that Preston game, I was looking down the table a little bit, thinking, oh, we're going to be caught up in like a mid-table scrap for nothing. It felt like, oh, this could peter out. But it's just massive, that win against Preston. It's a momentum changer. Like, that's a tough place to go and win a game. And if you follow it up with a win against West Brom, it is looking rosy because I'm still trying to work out how good our team is. Yeah. I, like, I I can't tell if it's biased just because I'm a Cardiff fan. I'm looking at that squad going, I think we're dark horses here. You know, I think we've got a number of players who are, you know, when, on the top of their game can shock a few play, uh, teams in this league. So, yeah, if we get a result against West Brom, I think, yeah, we, we're looking towards playoffs as being a realistic thing. And every win like that, loosens those purse strings a little bit as well. You're more likely to get players in. You know, the ownership are going to go, I tell you what, we've got a fair crack of this. Let's add a little bit of quality to the squad to make sure we're in the mix come the end of the season. All right, predictions then. Ben Price. I'm going to go two-all draw. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Tom? Nil-nil. Oh, all right. I'm going to go, we're going to win it 2-1. Somewhere in the middle. Um... I'm just feeling like we're going to get a win. I think it's going to be a bit backs to the wall. I think we're going to come away with three points and everyone will be going, plucky eighth is bloody on. We're going to finish in that plucky <laughs> eighth position. Um, that's it. Almost 50 minutes. Podcast almost wrapped up, Tom. Um, how disappointed are you that we didn't make it to the full hour this week? Well, with my kind of team predictions and stuff like that, it's probably a good thing we haven't got another 10 minutes of my dross. So, yeah, yeah great. <laughs> yeah, good. Didn't like to say it, uh, but um, yeah, probably the weakest link on the podcast tonight, Tom. Um, no offence. Um, ben, what are you going to do with your evening? Uh, I've got some giant cookie that Fee bought for me from Tiger Yard in the cupboard. So I'm going to sit down and watch Bake Off because I haven't finished watching Bake Off yet and eat that. Tom? I'm going to have some prawn cocktail quavers and watch the Bill Bailey programme about Western Australia. <laughs> You really are stuck in the 90s there. Prawn cocktail quavers. What else have you got? Matthew, there? Come on, then, mate. Salt and Lineker crisps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to pack. I'm going on my fucking honeymoon tomorrow. So uh, see you losers in two weeks. Um, thank you for listening once again to the podcast. Um, if you like what we do and want to get involved on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, if you like what we do and want to give us some money because we do this for free, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian, um, thanks once again for listening. Uh, get on our Twitter page, get on our link tree. You can find all the links there you need for email, website, all that kind of stuff. And we'll be back next week. Uh, they may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. I'm Podcast Network.